Welcome to the Apex Vaulting Podcast. Um, these are two quick episodes that we did for you. So happy to do that because I know this summer has been super busy. I haven't done as many podcast episodes as, uh, as I wanted to. Um, great guest for you, John Mraz. We're going to tell you about his story about pole vault. And uh, it spans a few decades and a lot of life experience. Um, so that's great. Uh, again, if you enjoy the podcast, would love if you guys you know subscribe to the podcast and if you leave a review that would be awesome um if you follow us on any of our social medias that would be great too on instagram it's the real apex vaulting and we're just apex vaulting on facebook twitter and snapchat if you have any comments or questions make sure to email us at apexvaulting at gmail.com and we'll answer your questions um here's john moraz so so john um Tell people a little bit about your story about pole vault, how, when you did actually start pole vaulting, what happened in between, and how pole vaulting has, I, I don't know, helped your life, you know? Sure, sure. I was, um, you know, I was just an average uh, high school vaulter. I started vaulting as a freshman. Um, there were some upperclassmen that were, you know, a little bit more skilled. And what, what year was this? Uh, 87, 1987. Okay. Um, so, you know, I was fortunate. There was a couple of guys that knew how to pole vault and, you know, taught me how to pole vault. And, um, you know, I was just an average vaulter. I was more of a soccer player. I went to college, you know, for soccer. I didn't go to college for pole vaulting. Um, you know, I jumped 12 feet in high school and I didn't even finish my senior year. I kind of gave up prom and pole vaulting conflict, you know, at the end of the season. And <laughs> as a coach, you always hear the stories around prom season. It's like somebody can't go to states or something like that. It's, it's pretty common. It's understandable. And you're a senior and you're already accepted to college for, and you're going to college for soccer, not for pole vaulting. And, you know, like I said, so prom comes around. I didn't even finish my senior year, you know, but I enjoyed it. Um, like I said, I, I kind of knew about it a little bit, followed it briefly. You know, back in my day, it was Joe Dial and, you know, Bupka was always yeah. breaking a world record. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, never really was was into it. And then my son was in middle school and, um, you know, my friend Mark, his daughter was jumping. And I kind of looked at my son and said, you know, maybe in high school, it's something you might want to consider. Um, Mark was doing a practice at the high school that my son was going to, and uh, which ironically was the same high school that Mark and I went to. So, which is Edison High School Edison in New Jersey. High school. So it was kind of fun. So we took him to a practice while he was still in middle school, and um, Mark just gave him a pole, and he was talking to him a little bit, and he, he just kind of picked him up and let him plant the pole in the box and sort of lifted him and saw the look on my son's face, and, you know, you knew he was kind of addicted. And, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, so we kind of knew that was the road that he was going to go down. I, I, I just think that, you know, I, I mean, Jason, your son, really loves, you know, the pole vault. But I just feel like when you introduce pole vaulting to a young kid, it's it's fun. You get to jump, fly through the air, and then land on soft mats, even if it's like six feet. You know what I mean? Like, you just see that, like, ear-to-ear -ear smile on yeah, the kid. Like, yeah. I, I, I love seeing it. And I know even, like, a couple weeks ago, you came in, and I was, like, ready to show off, like, one of the new youth athletes, Alice. Right. But I was like, look at her. She's doing awesome. And she's, like, smiling like crazy. Whereas sometimes, like, with older athletes, like college, they're kind of, like, maybe burnt out or they're too focused on other things. But young kids start, they, it's like, it's a passion in the beginning. Yeah, you, you know? can tell the kid who's addicted yeah. and you just knew right away that, you know, it was something that he was going to like. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of conversation because, um, was Jason doing it just because I did it in high school and he was going to the same high school yeah, yeah. and, you know, there's records posted at school and things like that. And was yeah. it because of that? But I always knew he was passionate about it. If you asked him about, um, you know, this record or that record or what this person jumped. Yeah. He knew the number. And that's not someone who's doing it because their father did it. Right. Like, yeah, he wasn't doing it just to please you. I mean, I'm sure, look, I, I'm going to say it, you're an amazing father. And so I know your son looks up to you. But, yeah, he's... He's like, I hate to say it, but a pole vault nerd. Like, you can ask Jason anything, and he'll have, like, the stats of any vaulter jumping right now. So it's it's so cool. He, he is really, really into it. And I know even at the club, what I love about the club is, like, all the kids, you can hear them, like, in their little groups sometimes talking about the vault, and they'll be talking about a professional meet, or they'll be talking about the last state meet, or whatever. You know, it's, and it's great. He's really, really into it. Right. Um, so... I remember, I'm going to tell a story now. Okay. I remember you and Jason started coming to the club on like Wednesday nights at 8.30. Andrew Flores would be coaching. And I didn't have an 8.30 session. I had just finished coaching. A lot of times I'd be doing a workout. And I remember you would like kind of pick on me. You'd be like, hey, Bronco, you know, be careful. You're getting older. Like, don't push yourself too hard. And I, I remember I would always probably give you like some look like I was very offended by what you were saying. I'm like, dude, I'm not getting old. Like, you know, <laughs> um, but like. 
what happened? Like what happened in those moments when you would come in and you slowly started jumping and a lot of the other things that happened? Why don't you talk about physically where you were at at that point and what sparked that interest for you to start jumping? So, yeah, basically, um, you know, like I said, with my son starting high school vaulting and, you know, it's kind of an odd sport because, you know, most track and field programs, they're understaffed and, you know, the kids are kind of off by themselves and kind of out of necessity, you know, I started volunteer coaching at the high school um, just to mainly keep the kids safe. I didn't know a tremendous amount, but I knew enough that I felt it was better than them jumping alone. So, like I said, because I started working with the kids, you know, I once in a while I would take a jump, you know, right. I'd come from work and I'm in jeans and a work boot, you know, I, you know, work boots. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my son, you know, we're definitely very, very close and he'd be like, you know, why don't you start jumping again? Why don't you start jumping again? Yeah. You know, at the time I was probably, you know, 200, you know, 200 plus pounds, 210 pounds. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm like, you know, I'm just, I'm too old. I'm, I'm too out of shape. It's not, you know, it's not, not feasible. They don't make well, a pole that's short enough and fat enough in order for well, me to jump. Well, you know, what's funny. Like, so how old were you at the time again? Uh, so this was, you know, 45 years old or so. Okay. So it's, it's funny that you said that like at 45, you're like, ah, you know, I'm just too old. I'm too, too out of shape, whatever. I mean, I literally, you know, and I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but when I first started the club, uh, full time in 2010, that's when it became a business and, and I was doing it all the time. You know, I got to a point probably around 2011, 2012, where I got really out of shape. I was 190 pounds. It was no muscle. It was all fat. And I was shocked at how much my body fell apart. And I remember, I remember looking in the mirror and just like looking at my stomach and I was just like, I'll never have abs. And, and you kind of like, I don't know what happens, but sometimes people sell themselves on the idea that it's like, that's it. This is where I'm at. And I'm too old, you know? And I was, I was 30 years old at the time, you know? And so it's like at any age, you know what I mean? I feel like you can kind of sell yourself on that idea. Like this is just where I'm at now. So what, so what happened? So basically, uh, you know, because of my son's little nagging on me, you know, and I'm, I'm a strict parent, you know, I'm, I'm kind of hard on my kids and, you know, I do things to try to motivate them a little bit. So, you know, grades are important and, you know, I think the, the benefits of sports are important. So I, I made him a bet okay. and I said, if you jump 12 feet your freshman year and you make honor roll, then I'll jump at the beach vault this summer in, okay. it was at Seaside. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. knowing that it's the Jersey Shore in the summer, there's going to be a lot of people. And my son has a good relationship with the guys that work for me in mm-hmm. my job and because they're closer in age to him than they are to me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he made sure to tell all them so that they right. would all be there to, you know, kind of mock me and antagonize me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it, it was kind of a stretch. I figured, you know, that was going to be a pretty big jump for him his freshman year. And, you know, he'd also have to make honor roll. So there's a little double-edged sword. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, you can't just concentrate on one or the other. Yeah. So, and I, and I remember, you know, um, it's actually sectionals was the last school meet of the year and you guys had Marley come down and, and, mm-hmm. uh, Andrew called me and said, would you mind if, you know, we had someone come down and help you coach? And, um, you know, Marley was so fantastic that day and, you know, Jason jumps phenomenal and, uh, he just missed 12 feet, just had an incredible mm-hmm. attempt at it and, uh, you know, jumped 11, six, but just missed 12. And, uh, but we just knew, you, you we just know when they just have that one more jump. Yeah, in them. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, so we signed up for junior Olympics and a couple of weeks later we went down, we did junior Olympics and he jumped whatever the metric conversion was. Uh, so it was 12, 12 and yeah. a quarter and he broke 12, right. but he still had to pull on a roll. Yeah. So, uh, and he was probably a little bit short. He told one of his teachers the story of, you know, yeah, a little yeah, deal. Yeah. So she said, I'll make your last grade, you know, double the weighted average or right, whatever yeah, to yeah. give him a shot. And he winds up pulling on a roll. And, uh, so now it's the end of June. Right. And, you know, I'm committed now to jumping at Beach Vault in right. the summer. And again, I'm 200 plus pounds yeah. and have really not taken a full jump other than a pop up. Right, you know, right, right. In probably 30 years. Right. And now I gotta kind of get my stuff together. So right. I literally went on a massive crash diet and, mm-hmm. um, you know, one of my friends got me, you know, into this thing of portion control and just taking my portions, cutting them in half, stopped alcohol, stopped soda, um, started working out like a mm-hmm. maniac. Yeah. Um, and, uh, all of a sudden, you know, once the weight started to drop, I started to feel better. I could do more. The, the more weight I lost, the better shape I got in, the, everything accelerated. And I actually wound up losing 30 pounds in about 30 days. So wow. I had 30 days to get ready for yeah. beach fall. And like I said, I would come up here on Wednesday yeah. nights. It was a 8.30, you know, or 10.30 session or something yeah. ridiculous. And we would be here till midnight. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, 
was in a lot of pain, had knee pain, joint pain. Right. I remember that because you, you would tell me that your knee is hurting. I'm like, dude, then take it easy. And you're like, no, no, it's good. It's going to numb and then I can keep yeah. jumping. I always remember you telling me that. Yeah, we'd have, we'd have <laughs> to jump for about two hours, two and a half hours, and then my body would turn numb and then I could actually start to really jump. And I remember the first time we came up too, I told my wife that she had to come and because uh, obviously it's a long drive for us yeah, to yeah. get up here. And uh, she's like, what do you mean? I was like, well, my son is a freshman. He couldn't drive. And I'm like, if this all goes bad, somebody's going to have to drive us home. <laughs> so uh, she came up here and she's sitting here with her laptop, you know, doing her work for yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, just, just here just in case I had to drive home. Yeah. And uh, like I said, so, you know, went to the meet and, uh, you know, obviously I have some really great friends that I met yeah, through yeah. pole vaulting. and. Obviously, one of my best friends that I met through pole vaulting in high school, who's still my friend today, decided as I stood on the runway that he was going to make sure that he announced that, you know, where I work and, you know, what I do for a living right, and right, that right. I hadn't jumped for 30 years. And uh, so everybody on the boardwalk is now cheering and screaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm just thinking, don't run through. Don't make a mess of yourself. <laughs> and uh, please, you know, and I think I cleared one bar. I think I jumped eight feet or eight six or something, you know, kind of ridiculous. And uh, and then at that point, just knew I said, all right, I can do better. Yeah. You know, and I remember, you know, practicing with you on those Wednesday nights. And uh, you said to me, you said, what do you want to jump? And I think I said nine feet or something yeah. like that. You know, there was just some ridiculous number that I probably bet the guys at work about yeah, or something. Yeah. And uh, you're like, I think you can do that. I think you do better. And you said, what's your lifetime PR? And I said, officially, it's 12 feet. I jumped it at state sectionals yeah, yeah, yeah. in 89. And you said, I think you can lifetime PR. And I was like, you're crazy. <laughs> you know, I'm jumping eight feet, you know, and I'm like, you're, you're out of your mind. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, eight, eight feet turned to eight, six, turned to nine, turned to nine, six, and slowly just kept getting in better shape and better shape. And then um, my son wanted to go to Reno. And I think that was a major turning point. I said, mm -hmm. okay, if I'm going to make a commitment and I'm going to fly out to Reno and I'm going to jump, that uh, I'm really going to get serious. Yeah. And um, that's when it, I think that's when it really turned. I mean, I, I worked out like an animal. I would wake up in the morning. Yeah. I would yeah. do the treadmill in the morning. I would lift in the afternoon and I was literally jumping three times a week. I, I mean, at that point, I mean, you were starting to motivate me. I know maybe in the beginning, like I, I helped motivate you, but I would see the shape you're in and I was like, oh my God, like I, I got to work harder now too, you know, cause you got in phenomenal shape. Uh, yeah. So continue. Go, go ahead. So yeah. And that was, I think that was a turning point. You know, I, I, I don't think I jumped well in Reno. Like I wasn't, I wasn't overly happy with my performance. Like I really thought I was going to lifetime PR there. And, um, then it just became, you know, a struggle. Like I felt like that bar was there and, uh, you know, it just, kept pushing and kept pushing. And, you know, I think the flight beat me up a little bit. The trip yeah, beat me up a little course, bit, you know, course. it was a little bit, a little bit rough on my body. Yeah. You know, I still am not, not young. I have to remind myself every once in a while, I'm not 18, <laughs> um, which is tough. And I think that's one of the tough things as a master is keep reminding yourself that you're not 18. You do have aches and pains and, you know, when to rest. And well, when to I, I also think a lot of times in the pole vault, because I think it is such a high school slash college sport that sometimes you're dealing with athletes that are so far from their potential that the flight doesn't kill them because right. they, you know, maybe their PR is 13, but they're really a 15 footer. But as we age, we're closer to our potential, especially if we're serious about jumping that, yeah, a flight, it could knock you out. Cause I, I know for me, when, whenever we've traveled to a big meet like D3 nationals, or something with an athlete that, you know, I was expecting to win or get all American, we would always leave days in advance so that they could have a nice, like, you know, shake out and right. rest and relax. It's like, you don't, you don't want to be jumping at less than a hundred percent in those situations. But Reno's tough, man. Reno's, yeah, it was Reno's a little tough. tough. I was a little nervous about the altitude, although I didn't feel that, you know, I, I felt it in the weight room. I went and did a workout, uh, the one day. And I did like whatever my normal circuit is, like kind of like a baby circuit. I did like push-ups, kettlebell squats, abs, pull-ups, and, and I'm going through it. And normally like it doesn't hit me till like the last round like where I'm really huffing and puffing. I got through the first round of it and I'm like, why am I dying? I'm like, oh my god, the altitude really does yeah. make a difference, you know? I think I was a little – I was excited. You know, I'm definitely yeah. into it. And, you know, for me, what's been really nice for me is just – being able to be so close to my kids, you know, at a point in my kid's life when, you know, they're in high school and they should be moving away from being with their parents. Yeah. You know, it's really nice to be able to take these trips with my son and be as close as ever to my kids when they should really be as far away from ever from me. You so, know? so let me, let me chime in on that. Cause that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about is like your experience, you know, not just jumping with Jason, but Isabella, your daughter too, you know, um, I, 
how much that means to you. Cause I know for me as a coach, like, look, like I love coaching and, and we have a system at apex and we do things a certain way, but I also want to keep everybody happy. Like I have some athletes, they're not super serious. They enjoy it. They come in once a week. It's casual, but I, I recognize very early on with you. It's like, this is a really important family thing for you. So above all else, like I know you guys want to jump high, don't get me wrong, but above all else, I know that's the important experience for you. So I, I, that's why I've always been uh, very careful. You know, I never want to overstep my boundaries. I know it's important for you from that perspective. And I think that's something that's important for me when I look at other coaches, they need to realize what their athletes, what their clients are looking for from the experience. And I think sometimes that gets mixed up. Like we forget why we're coaching sometimes like, Look, I mean, if you lifetime best, which you did this summer, you know, we'll get to that. That's you. You did that. If I happen to stand there and help Jason, like he's looking at me like, what do you think? You know, it's like give a little adjustment. I'm just helping you guys do what you want to do. And I think as coaches, we, we forget we don't own the results. You know, I, I tell people all the time, I've never won state championship. I've never won a national championship. I've had athletes that do those things, but I'm just facilitating, you know, and I, and I think that's important for coaches to realize that you're, you're a facilitator. I mean, you yeah, know? absolutely. You know, I, I, you made a comment about me being a good father. You know, I'm a, I'm a flawed man. You know, I'm not, I'm not the best father. I hope I'm a better father than my father was to me. And I know my father was a better father than he was to him. Mm-hmm. And I hope my son will be a better father than I was. And that's just life's progression. Yeah. And, you know, coaching your kid, although it's a lot of fun, there's a lot of stress because you always want what's best for your kids. You want them right. to have your full potential. I remember my son being upset. You know, he made AB honor roll and, you know, I was upset. I thought he could do better because I didn't see him working hard enough. Right. And he's like, you know, I'm like, yeah, I want you to get all A's, you know, and that's right. just the kind of father I am because that's how I was raised. And, you know, there would be brutal knockdown fights as you've witnessed yeah, yeah. between me and my son, even after a practice. And, um, you know, you've, you kind of step in. And again, I've been very fortunate that there's, I met some very great friends in my life through pole vaulting, mm-hmm. um, new and old. And, you know, they, they kind of know when to intervene and, and step in and say, you know, Hey, you need to take a breath and, you know, yeah. just relax. This is supposed mm-hmm. to be fun. Um, yeah. and, you know, like I said, that, that becomes very difficult sometimes is I do get very angry when, you know, my kids don't perform their best or don't do the things that I asked them to do. Or, mm-hmm. you know, if I say, listen, I want you on the runway, you know, as soon as warm-ups, you know, start, you know, and they're dilly-dally. And I'm like, listen, I told you I wanted to be the first one on the runway, not the second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and again, you guys have been really great and, you know, kind of making me take a breath and, you know, remembering yeah, what it's yeah. about. And that, that's what's hard. I mean, but I think that's natural in life is, you know, you slip, you, you forget what the goal is, you know, and the goal for me is to learn life lessons, you know, and have my kids learn, you know, the valuable lessons that sports brings to you and the hard work ethic. You know, there's, there's no surprise to me that my son and daughter, you know, work very hard. I, I don't think there's an athlete that works harder than my son. Um, you yeah. know, he's, he's not super tall, you know, he's got some speed, but listen, he, he works out. He practices yeah. hard. You know, there's there's a stereotype amongst pole vaulters out there. And I know a lot of kids, you know, when you ask them what they're doing at high school practice, they're lollygagging and goofing at mats. Well, it, it, it's funny. I, I, with the podcast I did prior today with Chase Brandon, we talked about it. It's like there's two sides of the coin. There's the stereotypical lazy pole vaulter that is pole vaulting because they just want to lay on mats instead of run. And then on the other side of the coin, there's that super dedicated pole vaulter who you have to actually like be like, hey, like let's right. slow down. We're doing a little bit too much now. But yeah, I mean, J- Jason busts his ass. You but know? that's the work ethic that I want to instill. And like I said, so it gets tough because I want to instill that work ethic, but I want him to remember these days and look back and, yeah. and have these fond memories of, hey, I went to Reno with my dad. And, you know, same thing with my daughter is, you know, I remember my dad doing this and having those moments. You know, my, my daughter had a big meet last year I yeah. called you about. And, mm-hmm. you know, I went through some very stressful times with pole vault last year. And, you know, I wanted to quit. I asked my kids to quit pole vaulting and, you know, it was, it was coming to the end and my daughter had a meet and she finally had a PR that she'd been yeah. struggling for. And she won, you know, a freshman meet that was kind of a big deal. And I called you up and I'm like, you know, it just, it reinvigorated me to yeah. you know, get back in the pole vaulting again. And you reminded me how much fun it is, you know, cause yeah. let's face facts, winning is fun. You know, yeah. you know, and you can look at winning in different ways. You can look at winning as, well, I achieved something for myself or I physically, you know, I won the meet. Yeah, right. So that there's a double win in pole vaulting. You know, mm-hmm. I, I might have come in 20th, but, you know, I just PR'd by, you know, a foot. Well, that's a, that's a win day. You know, I, I right. won, you know. Right. But it, it is nice. It is nice to, 
to take first, to know that yeah. you're the best, you know, to know that, you know, you're the yeah, champion. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and that's why I think, like, all the different levels, right? Like, at the high school level, we're very lucky in New Jersey. You know, there's the dual meet schedule. Then you have invitationals. Then you have your league, your county, and state meets. And, and yeah, it, it provides an opportunity where kids can kind of get into that that place where they're competitive and they can go for that win, you know? Um, it, it is nice. And, and I think also it's like, yeah, like, it could get stressful. And, and I think, you know, again, go, uh, for me and my perspective, like as a coach, I'm trying to make things less stressful on the people involved, you know? And I think it's very easy as a coach, you see a fire and you could all of a sudden just be tossing gasoline on that fire and make it worse. And it's like, I've made those mistakes in the past. I've been in situations where I probably tossed gasoline on the fire and I should have been trying to put the fire out. And it's like, I, I think as coaches, we always have to remember, it's like, you know, what is this all about at the end of the day? You know, we're, we're trying to help people do the things that they want. We're trying to foster relationships. I mean, and I'm just like you, I'm very grateful for the friendships. And I feel like I've built a family of Povel around me where I know in tough times in my life, even I've been able to lean on Povel. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm very happy that I've been able to do that. And I know that sometimes as coaches, you know, we put our foot in our mouth or we do the wrong thing and then you eliminate that. You're going to burn bridges and you're going to make people not like you, you know. Um, I know even just from the club perspective, I told you a story about like lending poles. I know people have different policies on lending poles and stuff like that. But, and I know poles are expensive, believe me, you know. Um, but one time I remember sending a bunch of coaches out to coach for states. So usually for sectionals, there's four to six sites that Apex kids are at. So I'll send a bunch of coaches out, a bunch of polls out. And I remember the one year I just, I felt bad. I didn't want one of the other coaches to lend a poll to someone. And if it broke, I, I wouldn't get pissed at the person who broke it. I would get pissed at the coach. And I just right. didn't want to put myself in that position. Should he have been on that poll? Should you yeah. have known that he wasn't supposed to right, be on that right, poll? Right, right, right. And so I kind of just told the coaches, I'm like, listen, just apologize, but say you can't lend polls out, you know, whatever. And some kid asked to borrow a poll. The coach said no. And for like four or five years, because uh, this kid jumped in college, he would talk about how much he hated Apex because we're dicks and we didn't lend him a poll. And I look back at that now and I'm like, man, was that worth it? Like, who cares? First of all, the likelihood of a kid breaking a pole is not very high. It doesn't happen right. often. And if they did, okay, yeah, it's five or $600 depending on what pole it is. But you know what? I bet you if the kid breaks a pole and he knows you lent it to him, that kid's going to say nothing but nice things. And that's where I'm at kind of with my coaching career and, and life right now is I want to put myself in a position where I, you know what? I help people as much as possible and I try to help put those fires out and help make it a positive experience because you can still take a positive away from even a bad day. I know there was one time, you know, Jason was having a rough practice and he was starting to run through and I, I kind of like, I didn't know if I should step in, but I stepped in and then we, I mean, we, I thought we had a really nice talk at the end of practice right. and, and I, I started saying stuff like, you know, for me, it's like, man, you guys are already winning. It's like father and dad getting to jump and coach and, you know, work together because he coaches you, you coach him. And I, I mean, that's just something that's amazing. That's already a win, regardless of how high you jump, you know, because some people never have that, you know. And, um, you know, I think when you remind yourself of that, it, it makes things easier. Because I know even for me on tough years where maybe I know I don't have someone who's in it to win it, you know, they're not going to win the state title. And um, I feel the pressure, like, you know, from what people may say about me as a coach, but it's like, I'm always reminding, wait, at the end of the day, I'm at this meet to help my kids regardless of how high they jump. And if they're happy, then I'm happy. And that, that's what keeps me kind of at peace. I always have, there's one of my friends who's a pole vaulter, you know, always used a line. He's like, you know, Hey, this is supposed to be fun. Yeah. You know, and every once in a while, like I do have to stop myself and say, you know, this is supposed to be fun. You know, there's, there's more you get out of being positive than you do getting negative. And, you yeah. know, it's something we talk about in coaching is, you know, if you tell a kid, you know, don't do this, you know, that's probably not the best coaching technique. It's right. more important to say the positive attribute. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's what it is. You know, I have to remind myself every time. And again, I'm, I'm a flawed man. I'm not perfect. Um, you know, and I do, I, I blow up and then I have to stop and say, you know, Hey, you know, let's, let's keep this positive and I'll, I'll try to change my tune a little bit. And, you know, I'm very proud of what I achieved, what my daughter's achieved, what my son has achieved, and, you know, what my wife has put up with through yeah. all of this. Because, you know, there's times when it's tough for her, you know, at the, the table, she'll have to say, is no pole vault talk, you know, like, yeah, I've had yeah, enough. Yeah. So, yeah. but, you know, one day I'll get her out there too, and then, you know, we can make it a full family thing. Yeah. So, but. Well, let, let's, uh, let's shift a little bit. Talk about 
the physical changes a little bit more because we, we were talking about before the podcast, like even some of the medical stuff, like we were talking about, you know, your doctors were talking about a possible hip replacement, you know, like talk about what's happened to you physically through this process of, of training for pole vault and how did pole vault help you do that, you know, versus like, why, why didn't you just work out? You know, like th- talk about like the mentality pr- before and after. You know, I, I mean, I, I did work out, you know, I mean, I lifted weights and things like that and I always thought I was in shape, you know, and when you talk to people that knew me like, you know, mm-hmm. three years ago or two years ago, no one would have said that I was fat and overweight. You know, I, you know, yeah, I generally yeah. looked like I was a decent in shape guy and yeah, know, yeah, had yeah, big yeah. arms and, you know, broad shoulders. And, um, you know, but I, I said, you know, I, I think I knew I had to lose weight. I knew just because of straight pole size that, again, I, I knew I couldn't grip high. You know, I never was a big vaulter, so I wasn't mm-hmm. going to come out and, you know, hold 13 feet or something ridiculous. Right. And just from pure pole, I mean, they don't make a 200-pound, you know, right. 10-8 pole, you know. So you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. okay, I'm going to have to lose weight. And, you know, I know the more weight I lose, the faster I can run. And, you know, I saw a couple of videos of myself, and I'm like, wow, my knees are really low. And it just seemed that the more weight I lost, the better I felt. And then there was a reward. So, like, not only did I feel good, but I would jump better, you know. So then I'm like, well, okay, well, you know, if I lose a little more weight and maybe I get a little bit stronger, then I'll jump better. So, like, I think what pole vaulting really gave me was it gave me a reward for everything I did. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know. You lose weight or you get your maybe, – maybe if you're a big lifter and you say, well, okay, I just benched 250 pounds, you know, and that was a milestone. Right. So maybe that motivates you. And for that – for me, that's what pole vaulting did was for everything that I did, the stronger I got, the faster I got, the more weight I lost, there was a reward. And that reward was I saw – me jumping higher bars. I was, but, I was executing things. But better. it's interesting you bring up weightlifting and, and you know I love weightlifting. But, you know – it's funny, right? You could hit that mark in the bench, let's say, but you're not necessarily in better shape all the time. Right. You know, your, your lifting numbers can go up, but your body weight numbers can be going up. You could be put on excess fat to like move that weight. I was stronger and, when I was not training for pole vault. I was much stronger. If I look at what I benched back then, you right. know, and you know, I, I lifted, you know, I, I worked out with a bunch of guys and I was much, much stronger but, but were to, you to healthier? My, no, nowhere near. But yeah. I'm not benching close to my weight. I couldn't do as many pull-ups as I could do now. I mean, right. I can do push-ups now till you just tell me to stop. You right, know? right, and, right. You know, but like I said, pole vaulting kind of gave me that that reward, and I, I feel much healthier because of it. And when I don't jump, now like I said we were just talking before is you know I haven't jumped in a month. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave my son a little bit of time off, and you know, in return, I wound up giving myself time off. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Because you know, it's not fun for me to jump if he doesn't jump. Right. So, you know, if he's jumping and my daughter's jumping, then then I jump with them. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I haven't jumped in a month and I don't feel healthy. Like, I, it feels like I'm missing it. I'm almost yeah, having yeah. an itch. I'm like, okay, I want to start getting back in it again. But well, it gave me that check to say is, and I knew right away, we talked earlier, is, mm-hmm. you know, I weigh myself every day now, you know, because yeah. it, it took me so much to get down. I don't want to slip. I don't know how I got the 200 pounds, you know. I, yeah. You know, I always remember being 160, and then all of a sudden well, I was 175. Well, and- I, I was using the bank account analogy, but that's that's perfect, right? Like some people, they can't they can't keep their bank account right. They're always like, right. you know, losing all their money by the end of the month because oh, five dollars here, twenty bucks there. Oh, you know what? I'll put this on my credit card. Da 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 da. And then at the end of the month, you're like, wait, where did all the money go? And it's like, well, if you're not keeping track of it day to day. That's what happens. Right. You, you have to keep track. And I think, you know, I, I'm not saying other people need to weigh themselves every day and this and that. But, you know, for you, that became something important and that was a benchmark and it, it, and it really helped it you. It just keeps me close. I mean, you don't mm-hmm. want to go into $20,000 in credit card debt. Right. You know, but, you know, okay, I can go a little bit in the hole. And, you know, it was funny. Um, one of the guys who really inspired me was Carlton Huff, who's another master's vaulter, mm-hmm. and he's significantly older than I am. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, listen, if this guy can continue jumping at his age, right. you know, this is ridiculous. And I should be able to jump higher than him, even though yeah. he's a better jumper and he's technically really proficient. I'm like, just the, just the age difference. There's no reason. Right. And, uh, and he kind of gave me the mentality of, he goes, you know, you got to kind of train like a boxer. You know, I can't, I can't stay in peak physical shape, you know, all the time. Right, right, So, right. you know, I train up to things, and that's how Reno was. I remember right. when I made the commitment to go to Reno, my boss is a is a pretty big guy, and he, he knows the science, of, like you, like the yeah. science of weightlifting. And I just said, you know, November comes, I go, you're going to start training me for, you know, for Reno. And that right. gives me about two months or so to really start 
you know, getting in shape. Yeah, and yeah. November 1st, I walked into work and he's like, all right, you know, 1130, we're going to the gym. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I built up to that. And then, you know, I remember talking to you because I wanted to go to um, indoor nationals mm-hmm. for, uh, for masters. And I said, I just couldn't maintain that level. Right. And I wasn't going to go and compete if I wasn't going to be able to maintain the level because right. I want to cheat. You know, as soon as, yeah, as yeah. soon as Reno was over, I went to the bar and I had, you know, my friends know me. I, I like yeah. foo-foo girly drinks. If it's <laughs> got an umbrella and a piece of fruit in it, you know, that's yeah. what I want. You know, I want the sugar. Yeah. And uh, I went to the bar and I said, you know, imagine I'm a 21 year old girl and I'm at the bar for the first time. That's the drink I want. Yeah. You know, so, you know, I, I, I cheat and then, you know, then I work my way back, but you know, I don't want to cheat so much that I can't get myself back or it's going right. to be such a hurdle to get myself back. Right, right, right. I mean, I remember last year, I mean, I was struggling, you know, to get under 170 pounds, you know, and I'm like, okay, that last five, you know, I was 175 and I'm like, okay, I want to get under 170. I want to get under 170. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, I couldn't do it. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, I started getting in better shape and then all of a sudden I was under 170 and next thing you know, I was 160. Right. And like now I'm upset because, you know, I'm like 167 and I'm like, right. wait, 160 was easy weight for me. And when I was cheating, I was getting to 165 and it was easy to right. drop back down again. Yeah. And again, the last competition, you know, I was, I was 159 well, pounds. Well, I, I feel like too, you know, and, and again, for people listening to the story, you know, if they think back to when you said that first month when you were over 200 pounds, you lost 30 pounds. I think initially when people are losing weight, it's easier to lose weight, but it's like, if you keep at it for a long enough time period, that's what happens. You're going to have like those weight plateaus, but if you just keep at it, you'll, then you'll bust through and you'll keep going. You'll get, get to healthier and healthier weights. And obviously whatever weight is healthy for you personally, you know, everybody's got a different body. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, to me, it's amazing because I, I still, like I said, I remember when you first started coming in and the physical shape you're in now. And to think too, that you went from, you know, doctors saying that you're looking somewhere down the road, having a hip replacement and now you feel great, right? I used to play, you know, like my son grew up and, you know, he, he played, played baseball and I remember throwing a baseball with him in the yard. And, you know, as I would step forward, my knees would give out, you know, I have really bad knees. I, I've, I've lived a hard life, you know, I, mm-hmm. I've. From the time I was 12 years old, I worked on construction sites and I was a mason's apprentice, you know, so a lot of bending over, a lot of, you know, we didn't, yeah, yeah. We didn't do things the right way. You know, I yeah, kneeled yeah. on my knees, knees on concrete and things yeah. like that. And, uh, like he would laugh at me, like he's a little kid and I would throw mm-hmm. the ball at him and literally I would fall over, you yeah. know, cause my knees would just give out. And, uh, like I said, then, you know, the doctors, he's like, it's really not your knees. It's really your hips. It's inevitable. You're going to have to have hip replacement. And now I just kind of laugh at him because... I'm nowhere close. I don't have that problem anymore. My knees yeah. don't give out. I have no problem climbing stairs. And it was really, you know, because of the, the weight loss and because of pole vaulting, you know, that kind of kept me in that condition. And I feel so much my, the only thing my wife is happy about is that I don't snore anymore, which, you know, which <laughs> well, is that, that's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, cause the heavier you are, the more likely you are to, to snore. And then some people get so heavy, they need the CPAP machine and stuff right. like that. Um, I, I just, I, I think it's amazing like that, you know, our bodies can do almost anything. Like if you want it to fall apart, you could take it down that road. But if you want to keep it as best as it could possibly be, you can make dramatic changes to your body. And the thing that I love about pole vault, because even for me, one, you know, I was up to 190 and, um, you know, I don't jump much now because I'm, I'm very busy. So I'll at least maintain my workouts. But like what got me to lose the weight was like, yeah, it was fun to jump. I was like, okay, I'm going to jump. And I'm going to, I'm going to try to hit a lifetime best. I did the same thing, which fortunately I did. I was super pumped, but, um, you know, that motivated me because the more I worked out, the better I would jump. And, and it, you know, it's like, it's kind of like that carrot that pulls you along because the higher you jump, you're like, Oh my God, I almost got that next bar too, you know? And, and you can see the push because now it's funny. Like you talk about how, when you were jumping like eight, six, nine and, and you were like, I was like, what's your goal? And I was like, well, I think you could lifetime best. Well, now you've done that, and now now we're talking about 13, maybe 14 feet, you know, which is like, I, I know maybe it sounds crazy, but it's like, one, it's a great motivator. You know, right. it's going to motivate the heck out of you. And, and two, it's fun. The process of building yeah. up to that, you know, and figuring out the puzzle pieces, you know, whether it's something technical. Like, I know for you, we've been talking a lot about your pole carry, you know, like that's the one of the right. technical pieces for you that's huge. Then it's like, okay, well, what physical things can you do? What diet things can you do? And you, and you keep working this puzzle where maybe there's somebody who, you know, and if you think back to when, when you were out of shape, if I just said to you, hey, why don't you work out with me every day? You might have been like, eh. Right. 
You know, it's but it's weird. It it transforms you because hearing you talk now versus when you used to watch me work yeah. out, it's just it's it's like a different mentality. But I think that's life. You know, there's there's no there's no big answer. It's all little pieces, and that's exactly it. And you know, after after I jumped twelve at the beach vault, you know, which was my goal was to try to jump twelve feet, and um, you know. I think, you know, that Wednesday or Thursday I had a practice and I was jumping yeah. with my friend Trevor. And, uh, you know, I just, I felt like, again, I turned another yeah. corner and I, I found a couple of things. I, my trail leg got a little bit better and my turn mm-hmm. got a little bit better. And I think I texted you and said, I'm going to jump 13 feet. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, you know, I, I can kind of see it. And I'm like, that's kind of the plan. And I think that's life is I'm like, if I do this and I fix this a little bit, I don't have to make them perfect, but if I just do these little things, that's going to get me to 13. And then. I'm sure what's going to happen is I'm going to jump 13 and then <laughs> I'm going to turn around and say, what do I have to do to jump 14? Right, right, you know, right. Or 13. And, but that's life is, you know, so what do I have to do in order to buy that house or, you know, buy that car or, you know, save up for that ring or send my yeah, kids to college? Yeah, sure. You know, well, it's not going to be, I'm not sending my kid to college, you know, and starting to save today, you know. Right, yeah. You're not was, just going to play the right. play the lottery and be sure. like, okay, hopefully, you know, the There was a plan play. with little bits and pieces. If, you know, I stop buying, you know this thing or I stop doing that thing or wasting my money over here yeah. or I spend my money smart over here. If I work a little overtime, you know, each right. day, you know, then that's going to achieve what I need to achieve. And I, I just think that that's life. And, you know, you can say with a lot of sports, but I think pole vaulting, there's a lot of parallels between pole vaulting and life. And that's one of the reasons why I really love it. You know, I, I tell people all the time, it's especially people that come in new. Like I yeah, like yeah. when you have like new kids come in yeah, yeah, yeah. and I get to talk to like the, especially the middle school kids and I'll mm-hmm. tell the parents, you know, you, you go in most sports, it's almost like baseball. You know, mm-hmm. why do you think, you know, kids love baseball so much? It's a social sport. Right. You know, you step up to the hundred and maybe you say hi to the kid next to you on the line and they say go and it's over. Right. You know, but pole vault, you're there all day. You know, you're socializing. You know, right. my son's friends are pole vaulters. You know, my friends now, are my, my best friends now are all pole vaulters. Some right. of them are old. Some of them are new. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but they're truly my best friends now are the people that I've met through pole vaulting because – we spend so much time together. You know, you go to these meets and you're spending hours and hours and hours together. Right, and then there's so much like pole vault language. You know, yeah. there's stuff that, you know, we could talk about pole vault, like talk about mid-marks, grips, poles, you know, standards. And it's like someone else would think we're, you know, speaking a different language. But it's like we get to share in that, you know. And you do bring up a huge point. I mean, the fact that the way pole vault plays out, yeah, you are spending a lot of like downtime in between jumps that allows you to meet your competitors and talk to them and, you know, share experiences, which, which is great for young athletes, you know, and, and then you still get to go up and you get to do your performance, which is huge where I, I almost feel like with some other sports, you don't get that opportunity. Like sometimes you might sit the bench. There's no sitting the bench. You're jumping. You know what I mean? If you're entered in a meet, that's it. You're, you're going. I was at work today and, you know, one of the guys came up to me and, uh, there's, I've got about 30 guys and 30 plus guys in my office and, uh, they started laughing. They're like, we were watching American Ninja Warrior and we couldn't believe how many girls were former pole vaulters. Yeah. And the one guy turned around and he said to me, he's like, I would never know anything about pole vaulting if it wasn't for the fact, you know, of you. Yeah. Cause to them, it's this big joke is, you know, especially like after like a weekend meet, you know, especially mm-hmm. in the spring, you know, every Saturday's a meet and they know that Monday morning there's going to be, you know, 45 minute discussion on pole vaulting and right. they're going to get to watch videos and they're not going to work for 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then with me jumping, it gets even worse because, you know, then on yeah, Mondays yeah. and Wednesdays, they know that on Tuesdays and Thursdays, they're going to be like, let me see your jumps last night. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. they can get out of work a little bit and, and kind of goof around, but they just let they're like we would have never really known about pole vaulting and now they know things they know about four lefts and they, they know yeah, the terminology yeah. and they know right. the grips you know and it's just really funny they're like you know go back get on a bigger pole you know well, well you know you bring up baseball and it's like one of the things that people love about baseball there's like the stats you know right. what i mean and we have so many stats in pole vaulting you know what i mean that i think sometimes people even maybe ignore or don't know about but there's so many stats so it's fun to like break it down and talk about it and i I think i mean one of the things that i always talk about on the podcast is like that's why we need to provide more access to people you know i think if there were more clubs this could definitely be something that's more popular and one of the things that i'm doing this season is i'm sending out those mailers you know i'm not i don't know why i didn't do it prior but i'm sending out five thousand mailers to like the area around me because 
what I figure is like, there's still some people that don't know about Apex, even all the social media I do. It's like pole vault people know about it, but non-pole vaulters don't know. So this way, at least everybody gets a little mailer in their, their, their mailbox and they get to see, oh, okay. Cause maybe there's more people out there that are like, you know what? I do want to do something fitness related, but I, I don't want to just go to a gym or I don't, I don't want to just go running. You know, it's like, well, now there's an alternative and maybe th- this will be something that people are into. I mean, you know how many people like, love like, rock climbing and and think about even how crossfit crossfit became that cultish thing too you know um but i i think pole vault brings something else to the table i mean it's just it's so so fun it's so exciting i, I think you could draw people in listen i i was let's put it, i was 210 pounds when i started training you know in mm-hmm. july of 2017 so the beginning of august of this year when i competed at beach vault i was 159 pounds there is no way that I would have lost that much weight if I wasn't pole vaulting as far I could go on a diet yeah. and I would not have been in the shape because I probably would have just been skin and bones. But pole vaulting allowed me to have the combination of weightlifting. So I had strength training, but I also had cardio training yeah. because you have to jump. And, you know, there were discussions early on when I was jumping and, you know, like I would beat myself up in practice. I've, I've been here mm-hmm. on my birthday, yeah, my 47th yeah. birthday. I ran from seven lefts for four hours. And yeah. I know like the frustration you're like, just stop. And I'm like, <laughs> no, you know, this is my birthday. And yeah, I came yeah. in and you're like, what are you going to do? Because you always say, what are you going to do? And I said, yeah, fours yeah. and sevens. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there was this perplexed look of why fours and sevens. And I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. 47 today. And, you know, <laughs> I literally like jumped until, yeah. and I understand like as a, for your kids, that might not be the best thing. But for me, jumping was, listen, this is, this is a workout. I want to be able right. to be physically exhausted when I'm done, you right. know, because this is my workout. It's not about, you know, getting the most out of my performance. It's right. about conditioning. But that's one of the things. I think there's a perfect balance there because I feel like, well, you know, if I get a little bit stronger over here, I can get a little bit stronger there, then I can do better. And again, there's a reward because I see myself jumping higher. Well, if I get a little bit faster, you know, well, that involves running. Well, you know, if I could take some more jumps in practice and I got my cardio up. So I think there's a blend. There's, There's weight, there's cardio, there's strength training. And I think all those things combined are the perfect exercise in order to, you know, get someone at my age in order to continue jumping and, and to be healthy. And let's put it on the table. I mean, I'm, I'm not the most healthy person. Listen, I'm 47 years old. I have problems. I have aches and pains. I have medical conditions. Yeah, yeah. You know, I have extreme problems with my shoulder. I had a motorcycle accident when I was in my twenties and mm-hmm. my, I don't have a lot of bones. I have bones missing from my shoulder. I have GI issues. I have, you know, other issues. And, you know, I get aches and pains. I've got numbness in my right leg. I've got numbness in my right hand, mm-hmm. you know, but okay, you know, I can continue to, to live through those things right. and it's not going to be perfect. And I could sit there and do, I'm not going to the gym today because I just don't feel right, you know, or you know, I don't feel a hundred percent. Well, listen, I'm never going to feel a hundred percent. I'm 47 right. years old and, you know, I'm never going to feel perfect. And it was one of the things I kind of laughed at in Reno as I got on the runway and I'm like, cause I'm with these guys and, you know, there's some big jumpers. And again, yeah. I'm not a big jumper. I don't, I don't pretend to be, I, I've done some great things in my life. I'm proud of the things I did, but I'm not, I was never a big jumper in high school. I didn't jump in college. Mm-hmm. And there's some masters athletes out there that are phenomenal and that are older than me that, you know, jump phenomenal. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're like, well, you know, I put myself on this runway and I put my PR at 10 foot because, you know, my ankle has been bothering me, you know, and I find out, you know, that maybe you've been jumping, you know, you were yeah, a yeah. 17 foot, you know, college jumper. And, you know, I'm like, my ankles bother me too. You know, my, my backs, I was begging my son on the plane. I was like, you got to rub my back. I'm like, you know, yeah, I'm yeah. like, my back is stiffening up and you know, we're on that plane ride and I sat in the middle and I'm like, you're going to have to rub my, and my son's rubbing my back cause I'm in so much pain. You know, it, it, it is funny how on the masters scene, it is like, there's a lot of sandbagging going on. Yeah, you, know? you know, I don't feel really well today. So, you know, I'm just going to put my PR as this. And I'm like, well, you know, that's not exactly, you know, like I don't feel good either, but like I said, I think that's one of the, you know, I, I can work through those things. And again, that's those lessons in life is, you know, I kind of say this to my kids all the time is, you know, you're going to wake up for work. You know, it's very easy to call out of work and say, right. I- I'm going to call out sick today. And then all of a sudden, you know, you have no sick time or you have no vacation time. You know, there's right. a standing joke. You know, I've got 
2,000 hours of sick leave in my job. And right. I'm going to retire very shortly because it's going to take me years in order to get through all my right, leave. Right. And that's because I go to work every day. You know, right. that when I don't feel well, that I get up and I go to work. And that's the same thing. I don't feel perfect today, but I'm going to get up and I'm going to go to the gym. And I'm going to get up and I'm going to go to practice. And I'm going to perform. You know, I think one of the proudest days I ever had, my, my son actually had pneumonia. And, mm-hmm. you know, he ran a 200. We were at Tom's River. And, uh, you know, he literally collapsed. Like, he, you know, he was having little problems breathing. And he's like, I don't feel good. And... The girls were jumping first, then the boys went, and, uh, you know, I put him down on a blanket, and he actually went to sleep, and I was like, you know, you're going to jump? And it was a relay, so, like, yeah, yeah. now other kids are depending on him, and, you know, he's sitting there sleeping on the floor, and I'm like, all right, we'll skip warm-ups, I'll let him rest a little bit longer, and then, you know, when the bar comes in, maybe we'll just come in a little bit low. You know, and he woke up, and, you know, I think he PR'd or matched his PR or something that right. day, and, and I'm like, listen, that's... That's what I want to instill, like, in the kids that I work with, the kids that right. I coach, my, my own kids, is, you know, that's the determination that you need is, hey, listen, you know, like, you might not be feeling well today, but you got to get out there and do it. And as a master, we always feel, yeah, we always feel yeah, something yeah, yeah. wrong. There's right, always an right. ache and pain. And you just have to separate from saying, you know, what's something serious that's going to say is, hey, right. listen, you know, I got to rest a little bit. And, you know, fortunately, again, I've got good friends that say, you know, maybe uh, two days before Reno, you shouldn't jump for four hours. Right, you know, right, they right. they got to reel me in a little bit, you know, because yeah, yeah. I get a little overexcited. But, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, kind of keeps you going. And, again, you know, the, the more I jump, the healthier I feel. And, you know, it just turns out that the, the higher I keep jumping. Yeah. So, no, that, that, that's awesome. Um, you know, again, I, I just – I feel like pole vaulting is, is an amazing sport, obviously, and, and I feel like – the more people that find out about it, that's that's where I feel like our sport can grow. Like we keep trying to like grow the sport within the sport, but it's like okay, these, these are already the people that are doing pole vault. We need to kind of figure out how to share that with everybody else, and that's why I wanted you on the podcast because I think when people hear your story, I mean, it's an amazing story. Pole vaulting, it's, it's inspirational. Pole vaulting from the very beginning gave me my best friend to this day that I met through pole vaulting, who was my best man at my wedding. His kids are my kids confirmation sponsor um like i said still my best friend to this day it's given me new friends you know some of the best friends i have right now are through pole vaulting um you know those are the guys i hang out with you know on the weekends and i go to the bar with or yeah. go throw axes with or you know, do whatever <laughs> you know just hang out yeah, at the yeah. club after you know at 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock at night and just it's, so people know the axe throwing is becoming like a really like trendy thing to do on the weekends they have axe throwing places they're not like murderers or something yeah, especially, <laughs> especially after you drink a little bit yeah, then you yeah. go throw axes it's given me a relationship with my kids that i think most parents would would be grateful in order to have. Yeah. Again, I can't, I can't stress enough the relationship that I have with my kids at a point in my life, you know, when, like I said, my kids should not want to hang out with their parents, that my yeah. kids choose to hang out with me and say, I'll come up and I want to be with you tonight, or I'm going to go hang out with you tonight, yeah. you know, because we're doing something pole vaulting. Yeah. You I, know? I think that that's one of the biggest things, you know, that I see with you guys that, you know, I'm, almost jealous of, you know what I mean? Um, I mean, I don't have kids, but you know, if I ever did, I, I would hope that I have the kind of relationship you have and, and able to spend the time. And I think pole vault allows for that, you know? Um, I guess going on to the last point I kind of wanted to cover, uh, before we end the podcast, you know, Jason's now going to his senior year and we've talked about him going on recruiting trips and meeting coaches. And I think it's funny, like, again, like I, I, I kind of talked about like, you know, from a perspective of a coach, I think sometimes as a college coach, you think that you have to wow parents and the athlete with all this technique stuff. Like, this is the technical stuff that we do, and this is how you can get your kid to jump higher. And, and I'm not saying that's not important, but, like, as a father, what do you think is important to hear from a coach? Yeah, it's actually really funny that you bring that up because, obviously, my son and I, this is that time of the year, and this is our big push, and we have all our college visits coming up. And, yeah. you know, I want him to make a decision early. and. You know, he's looking, he obviously wants to jump in college, you know, but that's not his livelihood. He's not going to mm-hmm. grow up and be a professional pole vaulter. He wants to go to school. He wants to get an education degree. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he's, his conversation a lot is, you know, well, you know, what kind of program do they have? And as a parent, you know, obviously education is the first priority. But I get, you know, that I'm spending a lot of money on college and I want it to be fun for him and it's something that he enjoys. Um, but what's really appealing to me is, when I see a coach who's invested in the kid, mm-hmm. you know, and 
the questions that they ask. You know, you know, one of the things that I always, you know, loved about you and, you know, I formed a, an opinion of you that was yeah. very positive was we were sitting after Beach Vault one night and you sat down and you asked Jason, you, you weren't telling him about pole vaulting in college. You were asking him about what he wanted to do and what degree and what life in college and education and things like that. And, you know, that's kind of what I see from some of the coaches is, you know, when they start talking to them about her, like Jason sends out a letter and then the coach responds back and the response back was, you know, why did you choose a degree in education? You know, what led you to that? Not right. what led you to pole vault, what led right. you to mm-hmm. a, a choice of pursuing a degree in education. Right. Um, you know, and I, th- I think that's, that's kind of what I want to see is, you know, I, I had another, another coach that my son spoke to and, you know, he made a comment about, you know, I think you would gel really well with the other pole vaulters here. Right. That I can see your personalities, you know, are very complimentary and I think you'd be good for each other. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, those are things So you know, listen, it's, in the end, I, I caught a lot of crap about this, and I think I've told you the story is, you know, I said early on, I don't have an aspiration of my son going to the Olympics. You know, I'll, I'll take the, the advice that I got when I said that, and I got yelled at for it by an Olympic athlete, mm-hmm. and um, I get it. You don't want to put limitations on your kids, and maybe he does go to the Olympics, but the reality is he's five foot six, he's 140 pounds, you know, he's really not, you know, he's not built for that, but... Well, yeah, I and, want him to. And I feel like also, regardless, if that's the path that ends up happening, you still don't want it to be in a pathway where he has a coach that doesn't really care about him. Because I, I know, you know, even for me, I know coaches where it's like the athletes are kind of just a number. You know what I mean? Right. And if they can't produce points and if they can't, and listen, I get it. Like you have to be at a school where you're going to be competitive and help them at conference and all that stuff. But it's like, you want the coach to see them as human beings, not just, Oh, you're going to get us six points at conference. Nice. Right. Move on to the next. You know, it's like you want them to, to create that positive atmosphere and positive experience. You, you, you want the kids to feel like they're humans, not robots, right. you know? And in the end, you know, you're going to have to get a job when this is all over, you know, and, you know, in in any sport, I could say this about, you know, football, basketball, baseball, or anything. I mean, you're only one injury away from that being, you know, the end of your career, even if that was going to be your career. And let's face facts. And most people are not going to be a professional athlete regardless of sport. And pole vaulting and track and field, what percentage of those professional athletes are actually making money? And as a parent, again, I'm going to come back to what I said earlier is, I want what's best for my kid and I want him to be happy, but at the same time, and I want her to be happy, but you know, at the same time is, you know, you're going to have to have a job that's going to pay for the things that you want to do and make you happy, you know? So again, I, I like playing golf, you know, so I have a job and it affords me the opportunity that I can play golf and I can afford to play golf. You know, I can't afford to go to a country club, but yeah, yeah. And you know, in the end, that's the priority. And you know, there's definitely some people out there that you feel a very positive feeling as to, you know, that they have that bigger interest in mind. Right. It's, it's more than winning a comp. I, I understand everybody has a job and your job is to do the best you can. Yeah. You're, you're a track and field coach and your success, you're measured on, you know, your success and failures, you know, of your team. And I get that, but it's also important that the kid gets good grades. And we were talking with one college coach. And, you know, about kids with, you know, not meeting NCAA, you know, requirements for, you mm-hmm. know, their grades. Right. And, you know, I'm sure that's something in the back of the mind for coaches of saying, you know, I don't want to get a kid. And if he can't make grades and I'm constantly worried about him being right. eligible, right. you know, so obviously there's a vested interest that they do well in school and yeah. that they don't have to worry about them. Right. But that's, I guess that's what really was surprising to me. And I guess it shouldn't have been for my conversations with you, you yeah, know, yeah. that, but, you know, I kind of felt. I felt warm and fuzzy when I hear when I hear people saying that, and that kind of draws me. And like I said, you know, in in the end, my kids—they're still kids—and your job as a parent is to make sure that you guide them in the right direction. Right. You know, in the end, my son's choice for college is going to be his. You know, my daughter's will be hers. But you know, hopefully, you know, we're going to tell them the pros and cons and say, you know, okay, but this is what I see over there. Is you know, right. this looks like a very good education program, or this looks like you know a very good you know in this aspect or, you know, and hopefully there's a compromise between pole vaulting and education and yeah. just like there's a compromise in anything else for me, there's a compromise. Listen, I, I could probably be 
we said jumping 13 feet. I think I could jump 13 feet if I quit my job and yeah. this pole vault. You know, <laughs> I still have to go to work. And you know, there are days I yeah, come yeah. in here and I have long days at work or I have right. busy days at yeah, work yeah, and yeah. I just physically am drained. And it's hard for me in order to come in. But, you know, that's just life. And, you yeah. know, again, if I didn't work, but I have to work, you know, I, I have to work in order to put no, food 100%, on the table. No, 100%. It all has to fit together. Sure. Like, I always tell people the story too. Like, a lot of times parents will ask me, like, well, how high does my son or daughter have to jump to jump in college? And I go, well, it depends. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I had a girl that years ago, she only jumped seven six in high school, but she found a college that had her major. I think she went, uh, she was going to be a veterinarian, and they had a really good program for that. The coach was happy to have her. He wasn't a pole vault guy, but he would do anything he could for her. The girl ended up jumping nine ten by senior year. I, and I remember she would always post her workouts and stuff. She would work her butt off. And it's like she was happy. She got a great education. She was able to start her career. And she PR'd. It was like to me that's like you're winning at all ends I, there. I don't know why pole vaulting should be any different than most other sports. You know, I have a little baseball field around the corner from my house. And I watch about a bunch of fat old men play softball. And they're not good. And they play softball every week. You know, I play golf. And the majority of people out there are horrible at golf. They're me, not all pros? <laughs> me, me, me included, because yeah. I lose a lot of golf balls when I play, and I go out there all the time. So you don't have to be the, you don't, you don't have to jump 20 feet or you don't have to be, you know, a world record holder in order to pole vault. Yeah. It can be a fun sport regardless of what you're doing. Right. And again, that's, that's how I play golf and that's how I pole vault is, you know, I can be happy that you jumped really well and you jumped 17 feet and I jumped 12 because right. that was my goal. Just right. like when I go out and play golf is my goal is I want to shoot this and it doesn't matter what the person next to me did. Right. And that's, again, I think that's, that's a great life lesson is you can't, you can't constantly look at the person next to you and say, you know, well, they got a new car. Well, I was happy with the car that I bought right. you know, until I saw somebody else had a nicer car. Well, that's a bad life to live. No, no, and yeah, yeah. that's pole vaulting. So I, I'm happy. I just achieved something that was very successful in my life. You know, it was life altering. Again, I feel healthy. You know, I've got a great relationship with my kids. I've got great friends. You know, I can't thank what pole vaulting has given me enough, yeah. you know, and the minute I turn around and find out that another 47 year old or a 50 year old is jumping higher than me, what am I going to do? I'm going to feel miserable about myself. Oh, no, no. Listen, yeah. he may, maybe he went, maybe he went through exactly what I went through. Maybe he went through right. those struggles and he achieved greater results. That's great. But that doesn't diminish what well, I did. It, it was funny because the other day I met with uh, Calvin, Andrew and Billy, a couple of people that help out at the club. And we were talking about like some goals and things we'd like to achieve this year. And I go, yeah, what? What, what are we supposed to uh, compare Apex as a business to Amazon.com? Like, right. we're not going to catch up to them in one quarter, you know? So it's like, you you have to be happy for yourself and just know that you're constantly building and working. Um, and you can do that in pole vault. And, and it's funny, like like you saying, like a 17-footer and a 12-footer be on the runway. That's the beautiful thing about pole vault is, like, you literally can have a 12-footer on the right. same runway as a 17-footer it makes no difference, you know, and you could right. run the meet. I mean, at Povo Club Championships this summer, like that open section, I mean, there were guys jumping at 17, but I think we might have opened at 10. I right. don't even remember, you know, but, and everybody got to jump and they all had a good time. And, and there's just as much cheering for the guy that's jumping 17 as yeah. the guy that's jumping eight because there's that excitement. Right, you know? right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, cause wait, oh, who, who was it that I feel like they, they might have PR'd or hit a master's PR when they came. I'm forgetting who it was now. So, somebody did, yeah. but yeah, but the, huge cheers because right. everybody was pumped. They knew it, it was something special right. for that person. And when those guys were jumping at 17, everybody was pumped who was still here at that point too. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's just amazing. And, uh, you know, again, I want to thank you for being on the podcast. I think this is a great episode. A lot of people are going to love this one. Um, was there anything else you wanted to tell people? Like maybe do you want anybody to follow you on Instagram or, you know, anything like that? I, I honestly don't even know what my Instagram is. My, <laughs> my son does most of the stuff for me. Um, so, uh, yeah, but I mean, you know, it's, uh, again, uh, what I can just tell you is that, you know, pole vaulting for me has been, has been life changing. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful to everybody. And there's so many people out there that, you know, I can't even mention them all by name, right. You know who you are that have, you know, influenced me and, and helped me along the way that this wasn't something that I did alone. And again, I'm, I've always told you, I'm extremely appreciative of the things that you've done for me and my family, you know, Thank you. In, in that initial stage when I was, you know, starting to vault, you know, you kept that club open. And I remember saying, you know, whenever you want to go home yeah. and you're like, listen, 
as long as you keep jumping, you know, I'll keep the doors open. And we were here till 12 o'clock at night and, yeah. you know, life, life short, you know, and, yeah. you know, I've been through things in my life. And when I told you earlier, I was 36 years old and, you know, the doctors told my wife that, you know, she needed to start preparing herself that I wasn't going to live. And, you know, to go from that to, you know, to this, you know, I feel, I feel the best I have in, in a really long time. I feel healthy, yeah. you know, I feel energetic, you know, and I, I just feel good about my life and, and I'm happy, you know, yeah. and that's really what it is. So, yeah, no, that it's, it's your story is amazing. And, and look, as much as you're thanking me, I got to thank you too. Cause I've learned a lot being around you guys and, and hearing your opinions on things and just, it's changed the way I think too. And, and it's just amazing. Um, for everybody who's listening, thank you for listening. Again, uh, if you could subscribe to the podcast, uh, follow us on social media, that'd be great. And, uh, you know, just thanks for listening.